This podcast is made possible by Workiva and U.S. Bank. Hi, this is Kevin Biston, CFO of Ipswich, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 403. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. Hey, have you heard the anecdote where the CFO asks a CEO, what happens if we spend money training our people and then they leave? Where the CEO responds, what happens if we don't? and they stay. As some of you may be aware, I've shared this anecdote with a number of our CFO guests and asked them to share their thinking on this CEO to CFO exchange. On today's episode, you'll hear the responses of three of our CFO guests and I've asked thought leader Brett Knowles to help us explore how this anecdote is stirring up some timely and important discussions. We begin after these words from our sponsor. Workiva transforms the way people work through connected reporting and compliance. The facts are, a majority of senior accounting and finance professionals say their financial reporting involves a huge amount of manual work and is inherently error-prone, leading to risk. Risk that's intensified by new business complexities and the changing business climate. Linked data elements, numbers, narrative, and calculations together everywhere you use them. When you change data at the source, it's changed at the destination. Gaining trust in your data and processes is that simple. Join over 3,500 customers who enjoy the benefits of using Workiva by connecting their organizations from record to report. Visit workiva.com slash CFO. We're pleased to welcome back Brett Knowles of PM Square uh, Consulting. And uh, Brett, I think I've already clued you in on the CEO to CFO anecdote and exchange that uh, has been visible uh, on LinkedIn and, and other uh, social platforms for probably years now, but it's quite popular and routinely recycled, stirring up discussion, which I think is a, is a good thing. And uh, I have little doubt that it'll give us much to explore here today with you. So what I thought I'd do is share with you a number uh, of the finance leaders who have shared a little bit about what they're up to in this area. And uh, But first, I'd love you to offer us some insight into this challenge. And uh, what, what would you tell us when it comes to the workforce? What is the challenge that finance leaders face? Yes, I believe that the, the dilemma that the finance people get into, because they're trained professionals, 
is they attribute everything back to dollars and cents. And that's really tough to do in human capital. If I were to, I'm going to leap on my soapbox for like two PowerPoint slides. Great. Please, please do. The idea is accounting structures were built in the agricultural era where we're moving tangible assets into tangible assets. I'm changing the, the, the field into crops, crops into uh, sheep, sheep into sweaters, and so forth. So all the accounting structures, like depreciation, come into play because the farming tractor is worth less the more you use it. That's the accounting world. The dilemma is in knowledge-creating companies, knowledge assets, human capital, works completely opposite. The more you use your brain, the more it's worth. The more you use your car, the less it's worth. So the accounting structures don't work with human capital. And so what ends up happening is accounting people try to attribute dollarization to human capital. What's that look like? It looks like when you send an employee off for training, it looks like an expense. It looks like a bad thing. Yet it is super important to develop your people, to train them, and to bring them along. So the accounting world says don't do it, and the rest of the organization says that's critical to our success. And so that's where we got to have that conversation with the financial people saying, do you look at training as being an expense, as GAP tells us you need to do, or does your organization see that as a positive thing? And if so, how do you reflect that in your financial statements, that this thing that looks like an expense is actually something you want to encourage your managers to do? A nice overview, uh, Brett. Thank you. Uh, what I thought I would now do is share comments from three finance leaders who I think have a an enlightened view when it comes to human capital and three finance leaders who are pretty much focused on this challenge and are likely uh, working closely with their CEOs on it uh, today and hear how they sort of articulate uh, the challenge and how they're addressing it. And uh, then I'll, I'll, we'll circle back, uh, Brett, and uh, I'd like to ask you a few more questions. So here's our first uh, finance leader. This is Karen Cambray of Tamar. Karen joined us a little earlier this year uh, on the podcast. Here's what she shared with us.
Our next finance leader is David Tuyo, who at the time was CFO of Power Financial Credit Union. I think it's interesting that a year after our interview, a year after he joined us, David was recruited to another credit union, not as CFO, but as CEO. As you'll see, he speaks very passionately about talent. This was David Tuyo. We do have... Uh, Six million people in our tri-county area, with that being said, you think that it would be quite easy um, to, to, to find talent in our marketplace, but it's not. Um, you, know, you know, when you look at the, uh, the graduates of today coming out of the local universities, they're not going to school to become bankers. They're not going to school to become, you know, to make a difference in people's personal financial lives. They want to, you know, they want to be an engineer or they want to be a, a professor or they want to, you know, they want to go into computer science or technology, or they want to be a, a technologist of some sort, and um, or not entrepreneur, you know, marketing. Those are those are big challenges for us to find, you know, good quality talent straight out of school. Now, we are able to access talent after we see some seasoning, but um, for our higher level positions, but for entry level, it is a challenge for us to find good quality talent. Uh, we went through a uh, a complete overhaul in our mindset. And how we operate, um, we decided that we were no longer going to be using individual incentives in our performance management system. And so that's very unique in our business. Our business has gotten very much incentivized for every little thing that you do. And what we found out was in the research and surveys that our employees were becoming just merely focused on, okay, what do we have to do to generate that incentive? You know, do we we sell this product, we get this incentive. It wasn't about the member, it wasn't about the experience, and we were losing some some vital insights into our business and into our members, into our relationships with them. And so we went to a team-based uh, gain share program where uh, it's paid out on a quarterly basis and the entire team is measured by the same corporate scorecard. And um, our, our teams reacted very well to that. And again, I've already spoke to the results that we've had and um, our, our member testimonials have, have been tremendous. And so um, trying to focus more on the, on the name in the front of the jersey and on the back of the jersey has been a, a vital component of our success. Other things that we've done is that we've also put in personal development plans in the performance reviews. So instead of just going by and saying, you know, did you do this, 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 and this, uh, we are looking at, look, what are your development plans? Where do you want to go? What is your career path? How can we support that? And we find that our employees are reacting very well to that, and they get excited about coming into work because now they're working towards something instead of just coming in and doing a job. We share our third talent-minded finance leader after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. ServiceMaster has a number of popular brands under its umbrella today, employs a sizable workforce of pest technicians. 
how those technicians are compensated, according to Alan Hockey, CFO of ServiceMaster, is a critical component of customer retention. Here is Alan. You will get the behavior that you're paying people to demonstrate. And that's, that's very significant to us. And we have to pay very close attention to the way in which we reward people to demonstrate the kind of high service uh, behaviors that we want them to when they're out in the field. Um, having said that, one of the obviously the key metrics we look at in a service-based business is employee retention and employee turnover. Uh, so we, we do try to make sure that we take into account the, the needs of, of our workforce so that we maintain high employee retention. And this is not only because of the cost of acquisition. That's not what I care about. There is a clear correlation between customer retention and employee retention in our business. So the higher our employee retention is, the, the more likely a customer is to be, to be greeted by a technician who enjoys their work, knows what they're doing, and fills the customer with a sense of the job well done, and that customer then renews. So if we put employee retention high on our set of priorities, we significantly improve our chances of retaining our customers, which is what it's all about. So that was Alan Hockey, CFO of ServiceMaster. So, Brett, what do you think? And I want to, I actually want to ask you a, a question uh, related to my question. Again, I begin with this anecdote of the CFO, CEO sort of having this conversation. And then I ask the finance leader, what is their mindset with the intent of having them sort of explore? Uh, the idea of training dollars and, and what have you doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. They sort of go their own way. Uh, but what is the answer that you would like to hear from a finance leader regarding that question? Or what is the correct answer uh, to that question? Well, so the right answer is, um, you know, you're right, Jack, that is a son of a gun because – uh, you know, we have to do our financial report, and we have to list those things down in expense. So here's what we do. We put a budget aside every year of, uh, you know, $200,000, and we have to spend that on training. And if a manager doesn't spend that, it's actually a detriment to the business. So you might want to cut corners on buying cheaper software or cheaper desks, but you must always spend that training budget. You know, something along those lines. And, and uh, the question might be, how, are, are your training dollars being spent uh, across the, the company? Are you aware uh, that they're, they're fully being used? Right. You, you, uh, you can go in a bazillion different directions. Okay. Is there a financial consequence? Is there a consequence for those managers who aren't fully using their training dollars? Right. Is something like that? Exactly uh, right. Yeah. Now, you got to be careful. You know, people, like any single measure, can be used in the wrong way because then someone might go, well, gosh, I'll just have uh, this one person go on a course in uh, Swahili land. It's going to cost $100,000 for the trip, and there you go. I blew the budget, but one guy got six hours of training. You know, you got to have other – it's not just a single metric thing, but the dilemma that the financial world has is this – uh, the fact that 80% of value comes from intangible assets in business, human capital, customer capital, and structural capital. And that, that wealth-generating engine cannot be measured correctly by dollars. And, you know, 
Jack, this conversation that we're having fits in that exactly. How much have I charged you for the last 27 editions? <laughs> uh, what equals zero? Does that mean they're of no value? Uh, of course not. Of course not. So the problem is dollars are the wrong way to measure value. In this world, the way that you need to measure value is flow. Flow is how many people are actually listening to your cast, how many new people are getting involved, how many conversations come back to you about what they've heard and wanting clarification or wanting a specific interview or recommending that you talk to someone. So it's the flow back and forth that is an indication of value creation. So we need to begin using different measures which don't fit into the financial world. And so all I was trying to do is give you a question to poke in that general direction. Well, I think it's clear that more finance leaders understand they have to play a larger role when it comes to human capital. Uh, But in many organizations, there seems to be a struggle to get there. The problem is this. Our managers think that each of these things is different. We think human capital is different than financial capital. We think that's different than process improvement. We think that's different than budgeting. We think that's different than risk. It's not. It's all one network of things. If I do one thing in financial planning, I push up my risk. I do something else, it pushes out human capital. It's all related, yet we pretend that they're different silos. And that's where the inefficiencies in organizations comes from. Where do CFOs begin who want to move in that direction? What, what is the metric that they can adopt to help measure human capital? Well, there's no one metric that... Uh, is the um, silver bullet that's going to solve these things. There are um, emerging clusters of metrics. So an example is the net promoter score uh, is a great new metric that covers a broad expanse of things. Uh, What that's all about is a whole bunch of things have to work correctly for your customers to reference you. That's pricing, it's quality, it's service. And so that one metric isn't the silver bullet, but it's way better than looking at internal rates of return or net present values or, uh, you know, ARPA or whatever financial staff people like. So there are emerging metrics, but they don't come from the financial world. And the story is this, that the controllers, really their core competency is scorekeeping. They see across the organization, they don't have a dog in the fight, and they can give you good, clean, auditable data, and no one else can do that. So now as a scorekeeper, if we could just get them to keep score in units of measure that were not dollars, really great things would happen. So for our clients, and our clients are people like, as you know, Google and Nike, we have them using strategy points. And that gets into the whole gamification of business. But what it means is now if I go and acquire a new customer, even though I haven't sold them anything or, you know, hardly any dollars worth, I might earn, you know, 50,000 strategy points. But if I sell a product to an existing customer, even if it's a lot of money, I might only make 200 strategy points because the new customer is way more important to the business. But if I use dollars, I can't show that differentiation. So there's a whole body of knowledge out there that uh, we're leveraging aggressively in our consulting business to help businesses keep score better.
It's been a pleasure to once more have Brett Knowles of PM Square Consulting and our resident, uh, he's our resident thought leader these days. Thank you, Brett, and thank you for listening. Never fear, more episodes of CFO Thought Leader are on their way. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, Thought Leader listeners, you can now go premium at cfothoughtleader.com.